0: chapter seven of return of the mucker by edgar rice Burrows. this libravox recording is in the public domain recording by joe de Noia, somerset new jersey in peseta's camp peseta was a short stocky man with a large dark moustache he attired himself after his own ideas of what should constitute the uniform of a general ideas more or less influenced and modified by the chance and caprice of fortune At the moment that Billy, Bridge, and Miguel were dragged into his presence, his torso was enwrapped in a once resplendent coat covered with yards of gold braid. Upon his shoulder were brass epaulets such as are connected only in one's mind with the ancient chorus ladies of the light operas of fifteen or twenty years ago. Upon his legs were some rusty and ragged overalls. His feet were bare. He scowled ferociously at the prisoners while his lieutenant narrated the thrilling facts of their capture, thrilling by embellishment you are americanos he asked of bridge and billy both agreed that they were then Pesita turned toward miguel where is villa he asked how should i know my general parried miguel who am i a poor man with a tiny rancho to know of the movements of the great ones of the earth i did not even know where was the great general peseta until now i am brought into his gracious presence to throw myself at his feet and implore that i may be permitted to serve him in even the meanest of capacities Pesita appeared not to hear what miguel had said He turned his shoulder toward the man and addressed Billy in broken English. "'You were on your way to El Orobo Ranch, huh? Are you acquainted there?' he asked. Billy replied that they were not, merely looking for employment upon an American-owned ranch or in an American mine. "'Why did you leave your own country?' asked Pesita. "'What do you want here in Mexico?' "'Well, old Top,' replied Billy, "'you see, the birds was flying south, and winter was in the air, and a fat-head dick from Shy was on the trail. So I ducks.' "'Ducks?' queried Pesita, mystified. "'Ah, the ducks. They fly south. I see.' "'Nah, you poor simp. I blows,' explained Billy. "'Ah, yes,' agreed Pesita, not wishing to admit any ignorance of plain American even before a despised gringo. "'But the large-faced dick. What might that be? "'I have spent much time in the States, but I do not know that.' "'I said, fat-head dick. That's a fly-cop,' Billy elucidated. "'It is he then, that is the bird.' Peseta beamed at this evidence of his own sagacity. He fly. Flanagan ain't no bird. Flanagan's a dub. Bridge came to the rescue. My erudite friend means, he explained, that the police chased him out of the United States of America. Poseta raised his eyebrows. All was now clear to him. But why did he not say so, he asked. He tried to, said Bridge. He did his best. Quit your kiddin', admonished Billy. A bright light suddenly burst upon Peseta. He turned upon Bridge. "'Your friend is not then an American?' he asked. "'I guessed it. "'That is why I cannot understand him. "'He speaks the language of the gringo less well even than I. "'From what country is he?' "'Billy Byrne would have asserted with some show of asperity "'that he was nothing if not American, "'but Bridge was quick to see a possible loophole for escape for his friend "'in to his belief that Billy was no gringo, "'and warned the latter to silence by a quick motion of his head. "'He's from Grand Avenue,' he said. "'It's not exactly in Germany, but there are a great many Germans there.' My friend is a native, so he don't speak German or English either. They have a language of their own in Grand Avenue. I see, said Pasita, a German colony. I like the Germans. They furnish me with much ammunition and rifles. They are my very good friends. Take Miguel and the gringo away. This to the soldiers who have brought the prisoner to him. I will speak further with this man from Grand Avenue. When the others had passed out of hearing, Pasita addressed Billy. I am sorry, Signor, he said, that you have been put to so much inconvenience. My men could not know that you were not a gringo, but I can make it all right. I will make it all right. You are a big man. The gringos have chased you from their country as they chased me. I hate them. You hate them. But enough of them. You have no business in Mexico except to seek work. I give you work. You are big. You are strong. You are like a bull. You stay with me, senor, and I make you captain. I need men that can talk some English and look like a gringo. You do fine. We make much money, you and I. We make it all time while we fight to liberate my poor Mexico. When Mexico liberate, we fight some more to liberate her again. The Germans, they give me much money to liberate Mexico. And there are other ways of getting much money when one is riding around through rich country, with soldiers liberating his poor, bleeding country, sabe? Yep, I guess I savvy, said Billy. And it listens all right to me, far as you've gone. my pal. In on it? Eh? You make my friend a captain, too? Poseidon held up his hands and rolled his eyes in holy horror. "'Take a gringo into his band? "'It was unthinkable.' "'He shot,' he cried. "'I swear to kill all gringo. i become savior of my country. "'I rid her of all Americanos.' "'Nick's on the cabin stuff for me, then,' said Billy firmly. "'That guy's a right one. "'If any big stiff thinks he can croak little old bridge "'while Billy burns around, he's got another thing coming. "'Why, me and him's just like brothers. "'You like this gringo?' asked Pesita. "'You bet,' cried Billy.' Pesita thought for several minutes. In his mind was a scheme which required the help of just such an individual as this stranger. Someone who was utterly unknown in the surrounding country, and whose presence in town could not by any stretch of the imagination be connected in any way with the bandit Pesita. I tell you, he said, I let your friend go. I send him under safe escort to El Arrobo Ranch. Maybe he help us there after a while. If you stay, I let him go. Otherwise, I shoot you both with Miguel. What well, you got it in for, Migfer? asked Billy. He's a harmless sort of guy. He's Velista, Velista with gringos run Mexico, gringos and the church, just like Huerto would have done if they'd have given him a chance. Only Huerto more for church than for gringos. Ah, let the poor boob go, urged Billy, and I'll come along with you. Why, he's got a wife and kids. You wouldn't want to leave them without no one to look after them in this god-forsaken country. Peseta grinned indulgently. "'Very well, senor, captain,' he said, bowing low. "And let Miguel and your honorable friend go. "'I send safe escort with them.' "'Bully for you, old pot!' exclaimed Billy, and Pesita smiled delightedly in the belief that some complimentary title had been applied to him in the language of Grand Avenue. "'I'll go and tell them,' said Billy. "'Yes,' said Pesita, "'and say to them that they will start early in the morning.' As Billy turned and walked in the direction that the soldiers had led Bridge and Miguel, peseta beckoned to a soldier who leaned upon his gun at a short distance from his general a barefooted slovenly attempt at a headquarters orderly send captain rosales to me directed peseta the soldier shuffled away to where a little circle of men in wide-brimmed metal encrusted hats squatted in the shade of a tree chatting laughing and rolling cigarettes he saluted one of these and delivered his message whereupon the tall gaunt captain rosales arose and came over to peseta the big one who you brought in today is not a gringo said peseta by way of opening the conversation. "'He is from Grand Avenue. He can be of great service to us, for he is very friendly with the Germans. Yet he looks like a gringo, and could pass for one. We can utilize him. Also he is very large and appears to be equally strong. He should make a good fighter, and we have none too many. I have made him captain.' Rosales grinned. Already among the following, of a hundred men, there were fifteen captains. "'Where is Grand Avenue?' asked Rosales you mean to say my dear captain exclaimed Pesita, that a man of your education does not know where grand avenue is i am surprised why it is a german colony yes of course i recall it well now for the moment it had slipped my mind my grandfather who was a great traveller was there many times i have heard him speak of it often but i did not summon you that we might discuss european geography interrupted peseta i sent for you to tell you that the stranger will not consent to serve me unless i liberated his friend the gringo and that sneaky spy of a miguel i was forced to yield for we can use the stranger so i have promised my dear captain that i shall send them upon their road with a safe escort in the morning and you shall command the guard upon your life respect my promise rosales but if some of these cutthroats should fall upon you and in the battle while you were trying to defend the gringo and miguel both should be slain by the bullets of the valistas ah but it would be deplorable rosales but it would not be your fault who indeed can blame you who had fought well and risked your men and yourself in the performance of your sacred duty Rosales? should such a thing occur what could i do in token of my great pleasure other than make you colonel i shall defend them with my life my general cried rozales bowing low good cried pasitha that is all Rosales started back toward the ring of smokers ah uh, captain cried pasitha another thing will you make it known to the other officers that the stranger from grand avenue is a captain and that it is my wish that he be well treated but not told so much as might injure him or his usefulness about our sacred work of liberating poor bleeding unhappy mexico again rosales bowed and departed this time he was not recalled billy found bridge and miguel squatting on the ground with two dirty-faced peons standing guard over them the latter were some little distance away They made no objection when Billy approached the prisoners, though they had looked in mild surprise when they saw him crossing toward them without a guard. Billy sat down beside Bridge and broke into a laugh. "'What's the joke?' asked Bridge. "'Are we going to be hanged instead of being shot?' "'We ain't going to be either,' said Billy. "'And I'm a captain. What do you know about that?' He explained all that had taken place between himself and Peseta, while Bridge and Miguel listened attentively to his every word. "'I thought it was about the only way for us,' said Billy." we were in worse than i thought can the bowery stuff billy cried bridge and talk like a white man you can you know all right bo cried billy good-naturedly you see i forget when there is anything pressing like this to chew about then i fall back into the old lingo well as i was saying i didn't want to do it unless you would stay too but he wouldn't have you he has it in for all gringos and that bull you passed him about me being from a foreign country called grand avenue He fell for it like a rube for the tapped-wire stuff. He said if I wouldn't stay and help him, he'd croaked a bunch of us. "'How about that ace-in-a-hole you were telling me about?' asked Bridge. "'I still got it,' and Billy foddled something hard that swung under his left arm beneath his shirt. "'But, Lord, man, what could I do against the whole bunch? "'I might get a few of them, but they get us all in the end. "'The other way's better, though I hate to have to split with you, old man.' He was silent for a moment, looking hard at the ground. Bridge whistled and cleared his throat. I've always wanted to spend a year in Rio, he said. We'll meet there, when you can make your getaway. You said it, agreed Byrne. It's Rio, as soon as we can make it. has promised to send you both loose in the morning and send you under safe escort. Miguel to his happy home, and you to El Arubo Ranch. I guess the old stiff ain't so bad after all. Miguel had pricked up his ears at the sound of the word escort. He leaned far forward, closer to the two Americans, and whispered. Who is to command the escort, he asked. I don't know," said Billy. What difference does it make? It makes all the difference between life and death for your friend and for me," said Miguel. There's no reason why I should need an escort. I know my way throughout all Chihuahua, as well as Peseta or any of his cutthroats. I have come and gone all my life without an escort. Of course, your friend is different. It might be well for him to have company to El Robo. Maybe it is all right, but wait until we learn who commands the escort. I know Peseta well. I know his methods. If Rosales rides out with us tomorrow morning, you may say good-bye to your friend forever, and you will never see him in Rio, or elsewhere. He and I will be dead before ten o'clock. What makes you think that, Beau? demanded Billy. I do not think, Senor," replied Miguel. I know. Well, said Billy, we'll wait and see. If it is Rosales, say nothing, said Miguel. It would do no good, but we may then be on the watch. And if possible, you might find the means to obtain a couple of revolvers for us, in which case— he shrugged and permitted a faint smile to flex his lips. As they talked, a soldier came and announced that they were no longer prisoners, that they would have the freedom of the camp. But, he concluded, the general request that you did not pass beyond the limits of the camp. There are many desperados in the hills, and he fears for your safety, now that you are his guests. The man spoke Spanish, so that it was necessary that Bridge interpret his words for the benefit of Billy, who had understood only part of what he said. Ask him, said Byrne, if that stuff goes for me too. He said no, replied Bridge, after questioning the soldier. That the captain is now one of them, and may go and come and do as the other officers. Such are Pasadena's orders. Billy arose. The messenger had returned to his post at headquarters. The guard had withdrawn, leaving the three men alone. So long, old man, said Billy. If I'm going to be any help to you and Big, the less I'm seen through, the better. I'll blow over and mix with the Dago Bunch, and practice sitting on my heels. It seems to be the right dope down here and I gotta learn all I can about being a greaser, seeing that I've turned one. Goodbye, Billy. Remember Rio, said Bridge. And the revolvers, senor, added Miguel. You bet, replied Billy, and strolled off in the direction of the little circle of cigarette smokers. As he approached them, Rosales looked up and smiled, then, rising, extended his hand. Senor Captain, he said, we welcome you. I am Captain Rosales. He hesitated, waiting for Billy to give his name. My moniker's burn, said Billy. Pleased to meet you, Cap. "'Ah, Captain Byrne,' said Rosales, proceeding to introduce the newcomer to his fellow officers. Several, like Rosales, were educated men who had been officers in the army under former regimes, but had turned Bandit as the safer alternative to suffering immediate death at the hands of the faction then in power. The others, for the most part, were pure-blooded Indians whose adult lives had been spent in outlawry and brigandage. All were small of stature beside the giant Byrne. Rosales and two others spoke English. With those, Billy conversed. He tried to learn from them the name of the officer who was to command the escort that was to accompany Bridge and Miguel into the valley on the morrow, but Rosales and the others assured him that they did not know. When he had asked the question, Billy had been looking straight at Rosales, and he had seen the man's pupils contract, and noticed the slight backward movement of the body, which also denotes determination. Billy knew, therefore, that Rosales was lying. He did not know who was to command the escort, and there was something sinister in that knowledge that The a fellow would not have denied it. The American began to consider plans for saving his friend from the fate which Pesada had outlined for him. Rosales, too, was thinking rapidly. He was no fool. Why had the stranger desired to know who was to command the escort? He knew none of the officers personally. What difference, then, did it make to him who rode out on the morrow with his friend? Ah, but Miguel knew that it would make a difference. Miguel had spoken to the new captain and aroused his suspicions. Rosales excused himself and rose. A moment later he was in conversation with Peseta, unburdening himself of his suspicions and outlining a plan. Do not send me in charge of the escort, he advised. Send Captain Byrne himself. Peseta pooh-poohed the idea. But wait, urged Rosales, "Let the stranger ride in command, with a half dozen picked men who will see that nothing goes wrong. An hour before dawn I will send two men. They will be our best shots on ahead. They will stop at a place we both know, and about noon the Captain Byrne and his escort will ride back to the camp and tell us that they were attacked by a troop of via's men and that both our guests were killed it will be sad but it will not be our fault we will swear vengeance against via and that captain burn will hate him as good as a pesetista should you have the cunning of the coyote my captain cried peseta it shall be done as you suggest go now i will send for captain burn and give him his orders for the morning as Rosales strolled away a figure rose from the shadows at the side of peseta's tent and slunk off into darkness End of chapter 7.